This podcast contains strong language and adult themes. Listener's discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to A Page Too Far, the show where each week one of us reads a book and tells the other all about it. Will it be bad? Yes. Will it be good? No. Who knows? I do, and actually probably so do you. Let's find out. My name is Mr. Conductor, and with me as always is my co-host, Percy the Tank Engine. Choo-choo, motherfucker. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Do you remember which one's Percy? Uh, Percy. I remember I liked Percy. He was he was like a light blue. He was green. A green. Okay, Percy was I, the green I one. I don't know which one he is then. Yeah, he's the green one who's always sad. <laughs> he's like Eeyore. Okay, I don't remember a sad character. Yeah, he's just like everything's just always going wrong and it's okay. just always the worst kind of day. Anyway, um, <clears throat> the reason I'm delaying is because I don't want to talk about this book. Right. And, and you don't want to talk about this book. We knew this was coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is your um, listener. This is your woo woo alert. This book is woo 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 woo. Is this the this is the second time that we're revisiting this author? Yes, and I think that's a first. Yeah, it might be. I don't think we've done a book by the same author. I don't think so. Um, we've done similar topics, but yeah, and, and like Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick were written by two different people. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. This is Scientology, A History of Man by our favorite L. Ron Hubbard. That's all the fanfare that deserves. It is another religious textbook that is technically 247 pages long, mm-hmm. but it's the same type of printing as the previous one. They were all re-released in a series. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it has another appendix and a glossary at the end um, and some further reading that cuts out 111 pages. Right. So it's actually like 109 pages. So it's actually 138, 39 okay, pages okay. long. I actually uh, was reading uh, a book the other day and the appendix burst and I had to rush the book to the hospital. Oh, yeah. I hate it when that it happens. Was, uh, it was not pretty, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You got to watch out for that. That'll kill you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's published by Bridge Publications as of 1952, but this version was reprinted in 2007. Reprinted? Reprinted. <laughs> reprinted. Are you ready for this? No. I put here, the answer is no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's go ahead and dive on in. So first off, here's the cover. (laughs) Isn't it great? Uh, (laughs) Let's let's dive in. But actually, (laughs) look at the cover. Well, I mean, we're diving in. It's a uh, caveman. He's got a lot of hair on his face. He do. He, oh, that's a stalactite. I thought that was a, a staff weapon from Stargate SG-1, but no, that's just a stalactite oh, behind a sta- him. I also thought it was a staff. Yeah, he's, a, he's in a cave with a red light behind him, very ominous, uh, and he's eating raw meat, <laughs> looks like. Yep, yep, yep. I like the uh, colors they use and the printing. It's very cool. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the artistic style of the book is, yeah, of yeah. both Scientology books, have been really pretty good. Uh, I like how some of the lettering is kind of back backlit, kind of a very... Uh, X-Files-y feel to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It bothers me that you don't peel off the price stickers on these things. You know exactly how much I paid for it. <laughs> Which is $1 less than the previous Scientology book. still way too much. That's $6 more than you should have spent on that. It starts out with actually the same introduction as the previous book, which is the, the part that says, if you don't understand this, mm-hmm. you missed a word, yeah. you need to go back and reread it and find the definition that you missed. <laughs> yeah. And it places all of the burden of understanding on the reader again, or still. Right. Which shouldn't be surprising. What if uh, what if that, like, disclaimer or whatever at the beginning 
was in the book that I just read. And then I reached the part where she's talking about the gun can fire non-lethal rounds and lethal rounds. <laughs> and one lethal round equals two non-lethal. So if you fire two lethal, that's three non-lethal. Right. I would have to restart the book. Yes. And I'd be stuck in a loop forever. Yes. You would be constantly looping. To be fair, I'd still be constantly looping in these books. There were parts of this that I read multiple times and still had no understanding of what was happening. Right, right. And, and I call those out here. Um, there's an entire chapter. Okay. And I'm just like, I, I don't know what this chapter says. <laughs> it's literally just jumbled letters that don't It's have words. Any... <laughs> and it's words that have meanings. Okay. But it's it's words that have meanings in a certain order that I can't discern the actual meaning of what he's saying. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's fascinating. I'm going to... I'm going to... I'm going to hold our Ethan. Oh, yeah, we got we got Ethan Hunt. Yeah, I'm going to hold the Ethan Hunt doll while we, while yeah, we read this you're book. <laughs> we kind of are. Except, I mean, except obviously his overalls, but like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, missing the muscles. You'll get there one day. Yeah. Pick your head up, King. I'm, uh, I think I'm better looking than he is. That's not hard, though. <laughs> <laughs> his legs don't bend very well. They don't bend very well. Does he have the V? Can you see the V in, in the outline of his shirt? No, he doesn't have no? the V. Okay. He's missing the cum gutters. Uh, so, chapter one, how and what to audit. Now, it is worth noting the last book we read was an introduction to Scientology. Right. This is Scientology. This is not an introduction. Right, right. This assumes you know things. So, auditors are the ones who kind of vet people before they join. Right. They're, they're the ones who show people the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. They train people. They clear people and the people that they're training and 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 teaching are called pre-clears okay Mm. Um, those two terms come up a lot what he does not do is define auditing in this book at all Mm -hmm. i looked it up a lot i looked in the glossary i looked in the appendix i looked in the hospital where i left the appendix um (laughs) he doesn't define it he does define it in his previous introduction to scientology yeah absolutely but i refuse to open that book again okay so (laughs) So I did not get a clear definition of auditing, and I had I tried to piece it together through right. um, through this because it's more than just teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so how and what to audit? Uh, we jump into the actual introduction here. Uh, in the introduction, Hubbard claims that using an e meter, an electropsychometer. Okay, psychometry is uh, g- getting information by touching objects. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a not a real thing, but. It's like if I if I picked up this this Ethan Hunt doll and I knew all the people who had handled it before. Right. That's psychometry. Right. And this is electropsychometry. Okay. It is doing that through a machine. That is what this book is about. I don't think that exists. <laughs> no, it does. <laughs> the machine? Well, the machine exists, but also that that practice exists. This book tells me so. <laughs> okay. Okay. Brace yourself. I, I'm braced <laughs> because immediately you're like, so time machine. <laughs> like, well. Well, oh, okay, sure. So this is called the the history of man, mm-hmm. and he's talking about using psychometry. Okay, that actually explains a lot about what it took me a few chapters to understand because I didn't I didn't look up what psychometry was, and right. I I knew what you were talking about existed, but I didn't know that was the name for it. Okay, mm-hmm. so now that makes a lot more sense. Actually, <laughs> not that it makes sense, but you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, an electropsychometer. He doesn't say what an e-meter is until like three pages after he's been talking about okay, it. Okay. So he's just like, you need an e-meter. E-meters are important. You'd like, you have to use an e-meter. This is what you need for an e-meter. Right, right. And then he, later he's like, oh yeah, it's an electropsychometer. Like, start with that maybe. 
Yeah, I'd understand if he just didn't explain it, like expecting you to know it. Right. Or, or right. to start by explaining it. Exactly. One or the other, sense. but then just to use it and then define it later. Right. This book is full of that. Um, I, I think I I skip through most of it and define things that need definition mm-hmm. um, for the most part uh, before he does. But yeah. Um, through an e-meter, he can audit the current life of someone. Okay. And provide guidance and healing. But for auditing to be truly effective, one must audit the current life and the past lives. Okay. This is chapter one. <clears throat> so you can, you can audit the current life and get some form of healing and guidance. Mm-hmm. But to be truly effective, you have to audit the past lives. And you'll be able to, um, once, you, once you do that, any miracle is within reason. Any wait, miracle wait, wait, is within reason. Wait, wait, wait. What the fuck do you mean within reason? You can do anything. But within reason. Oh, so not, 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 um, it, it is, it is reasonable to assume that if you audit the past lives, you can perform any miracle. <laughs> Again, where is the reason come in? <laughs> Scientology. Uh, uh, within its internal logic. Is that, is that what you're saying? I am saying that he is saying <laughs> that if you audit the past lives of somebody, you can perform any miracle you want on that person. Okay. Just throw reason out uh, completely. It's not helping this sentence there. <laughs> okay. There's a certain level of reason that exists in our world, and it is not in this book. Chapter one talks about previous books that he's written um, that may have more specific information. But this book of oh, this book is the first time that it's all been compiled. So he doesn't go into as big specifics as those other books because he's taking all of them and summarizing them in this book, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he did in his previous book. So I can only assume that all of his books are like that and that he never actually goes into specifics because there are none. Or you could look at it this way. He's distilling all that wisdom with each iteration. But he claims that they're written in other books. <laughs> <laughs> but those books don't go into it. But I haven't seen those books. Every book I've had has claimed well, that it's been written in other books. There you go. You got to buy all the books. But I'm slowly working on it. Okay. And so far, we're 0 for 2. <laughs> I have once, another one. Once you have all the books, you'll understand. I don't think I will, but I'm slowly getting... <laughs> I have three. I have three Scientology books. That's depressing. That's depressing. <laughs> I know more about Scientology than I do about most earthly religions. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The only thing I might know more about is unicorns. a <laughs> <laughs> boy. That's honestly more practical information, I feel it like. It is. Did I tell you that, like, the, 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 the day we posted that episode, I was listening to it on my way home from work, and a truck crossed my, my field of view that had uh, a giant unicorn on it. They're reaching out to you. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. I think I, I think I said that on the show before, but <laughs> I, I will never forget that. I was listening to the episode, and then there's just a unicorn. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess Bill Burr is real. So if you, if this is your first episode, that comment is going to make any sense. <laughs> of course he's fucking real. Uh, go back and listen to all about unicorns, whatever that book is called. Um, yeah, I, I basically read this first like introductory paragraph as, um, buy my stuff. Yeah. Because it's all written elsewhere. This is a compilation, but like you can get specific information, but, but again, I haven't seen that. Right. Um, he also specifies the first four general fields of the past embraced in this work. So there's four branches of the past that we're going to talk about. Okay. We're going to talk about the present life. Okay. Arguably not the past. There is from preconception to present time. Okay. There is the genetic line being the evolutionary chain on earth. Okay. 
there is large specialized segments of the whole track. That sounds like a euphemism. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and then there's the theta body line or the whole track. So it, it's it's very much in line with other Scientology things where it starts out small and then okay. gets bigger and then gets more inclusive and then gets more inclusive. Right. It's like that. So if you go in reverse order, you have everything, specific parts of everything, a very specific part of those specific parts. Yeah. And then the individual in those parts. Okay. And we'll kind of, he goes, that's the rest of the book. He goes into those. He says more of the same old, um, start with the beginning, then work out because only the last one is perfect in its practice. Um, oh, and all incidents in this book should be audited with an e-meter. So everything he's talking about, you should do to your pre-clear with an e-meter. I'm so intrigued by this e-meter. We're going to try an experiment later. Really? Yeah. Okay. Not with an e-meter, but something that he says we should do. Okay. Okay. We're going to try it and I'm going to see what happens. All right. I'm very curious cool. to see how it's going to go. Chapter two, cases. These are targets of address. These are things that you should look to audit. Okay. I have here, read the third paragraph on page 17 because I can't be bothered to type it. <laughs> thought, emotion, effort, counterthought, counteremotion, counter-effort, motivator attention units, overt attention units, DED attention units, and their manifestation on the various tone scale charts are the sum and total factors to be audited out of any one target. All right. That is a sample of what I had to read 140 <laughs> pages of. Jesus. That's why it took me longer than I thought. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah. It goes back to, you may remember from the first Scientology book where we talked about creation and counter creation yes that philosophy exists in this as well okay so you have your thoughts your counter thoughts uh which is anything that works against your thoughts whether it's your own counter thoughts or something influencing you okay um that's kind of what he's talking about but he's like all of that everything that has to do with the person can be audited okay that's okay. the gist of what he's saying the ded things and other motivators are other influencers that you can audit on a person he talks when auditing that there are things that you will come across with every pre-clear and there are things that you may come across right. in pre-clear. So mm -hmm. certain things are a given, certain things you may experience. Okay. He goes on to say that once you understand the theta or the thetan for one person, you can unravel the uh, theta for anyone because there are no variables in the theta. We're all the same? Which he then contradicts later. Okay. But... He's basically saying once you do it for one person, it'll be super easy to do it for everyone else because he says there's no variables. But I think what he means is the general idea of the theta is the same for everybody. He lists several targets for the auditor, not in order, so not in order of importance, but in order of magnitude, which I would say <laughs> is the same thing. That's like uh, last but not least. It's like, yeah, well. Yeah. There's a reason something is last. Exactly. It's either the best for last or so, yeah. it's the worst. Th these are not in order of importance, but in order of magnitude. Cellular injuries. Basically, he's talking about cellular meaning like a cell. Mm -hmm. Just like an individual has a past life, a cell also has a past life. Right. Cellular injuries are audited no differently than any other kind of incident. However, it must be remarked that the individual cells have past lives. The easiest manifestation of past lives to check is the cellular one because it's the simplest. Okay. An auditor can follow a particular cell throughout its own generations within the body 
and as part of the evolutionary line, discover many injuries to it. Further, in going back on the evolutionary line and auditing an injury to a single cell, the future positions of that cell are easily located in the body from there to the present. So basically he's saying you can audit a cell, find out where its injuries were, and from there predict where it ends up in the present. But you already know where it is in the present. Yeah. So like... That's going to take forever. You're working backwards and then confirming forwards. Also, your cells like die and are are replaced constantly. Well, the the cells die and then they're degraded and then they're re reabsorbed and that energy goes into another cell. Not all the time because dust is skin cells, so that's just well, refuse. yeah. But your body has your like if you're auditing a cell in your body, you know it isn't dust. Uh, true, right? So you can track it back. But it's gonna fucking die. What's this is the also point? from the fifties. <laughs> okay. I guess they this didn't, is 50s biology. They didn't quite understand how quickly the body. I, I I don't know what they did or did not. I don't think he cared. Okay. <laughs> so that was cellular injuries. Genetic entity, which he also refers to, and I don't think I did. But he refers to it as the GE. If I ever say GE, it's the genetic entity. Okay. Um, not the Grand Exchange in RuneScape. Or the General Electric. Or General Electric. Big, big company. Yeah, not anymore. This has the genetic line engrams. I don't know what engrams are. It is located in the... He talks about engrams a lot. I don't know what they are. It is located in the center of the body. So the genetic entity is located in the center of the body, the stomach. Okay. Uh, But it is a composite of the entire genetic line. It was formerly referred to as the somatic mind in Scientology. Right. You may remember the somatic line. Do you remember that? The GE is the somatic mind. Same thing. Why why give different names? Uh, The understanding has changed. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, so he's learned more about it. It's like, yes. that name isn't appropriate anymore. Yes, it's not a mind, it's the genetic entity. <laughs> okay. Because Scientology had like the three minds. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, but it's yeah. not a mind anymore. It's, it's, <laughs> he has learned that it is what you are genetically speaking. <sighs> this hurts. It does. It hurts my head. It does. Uh, this is the mind of the animal. This is the instinctual mind. Stomach makes sense. Yeah, right. Uh, three, injected entities. Um, I read this over and over, and from what I can get, this, these are word for word from my notes. Okay. I read this over and over, and from what I can gather, these are outside sources that can inhabit specific places in the body and influence the pre-clear away from the truth, often manifesting as other personalities when near an e-meter. Damn. Outside influences. Fucking possession. Kind of, but I think he thinks anything that would deter someone from Scientology is an outside in, uh, uh, influence and the person believing that is another personality because the theta and the thetan yearns for the truth and Scientology is the truth. All right. So it's like if you, if you disagree or are no longer into this, then it's the work of ghosts in your blood. Kind of. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> kind of. Okay. In a way. Um, Number four, this is the last one, theta beings, uh, not beta beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, theta, theta. beings. Okay. Uh, this is who the pre-clear is. This is the identity of self. Uh, he goes on a weird hypnosis tangent, but then comes back to say he knew all along this existed, but now he has proof. Oh, I'm interested. I'm really interested in hearing uh, what the proof is. So am I. Uh, uh, oh, and also try technique 88. Okay. It's outlined at the end of this book. Try it for an hour, and you'll also find out what it means to be truly free. Keto number 88 is pretty advanced. I don't think uh, I have enough spiritual pressure to do that. 
You lost me. That's a Bleach reference. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen two episodes of Bleach four years ago. Okay. Um, yeah. So you, if you want to try find out what it means to be truly free, try Technique 88, which is outlined at the end of the book. We're going to okay. talk about that later because um, it's at the end of the book. He references it all throughout the book, mm-hmm. but he doesn't explain it until the end. Uh, chapter three, The Present Life. Okay. This is the most important to the pre-clear. It's okay. not the most important, but it's what the pre-clear finds most important. Yes. It is the one that is easiest to grasp. Hubbard contends that the GE, the genetic entity, joins the host body, the mother, okay, about two weeks prior to conception. That's really a weird concept. Yes. It's interesting. The genetic entity exists in the mother two weeks before conception. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then there are a lot of things called prenatal incidents that can occur. Like sex. Yes, actually. Those <laughs> oh my the, God. Those are the fir- first ones that, that exist. Um, but you shouldn't spend time auditing these. So in, remember, an incident is anything that can affect the thetal line. Okay. Usually in, negatively. Right. You shouldn't spend time on prenatal incidents because you can be more effective going further back and auditing the past life, right? And incidents in the past life will unravel the little tiny things that happened before you're born. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you just audit the whole track, you can cover much more ground faster. Some prenatal incidents are named but not described. We will go through them as follows. <laughs> the coitus chain for both mother and father. I love it. Uh, constipation chain. <laughs> <laughs> the constipation chain. The ordinary bowel chain. Oh, my God. The douche chain. <laughs> the sickness chain for both mother and mother's family (laughs) the mother's family the fight chain in family quarrels quarrels so family fights right okay why are they fighting don't know alcohol chain these are things that can occur so if if the mother's family is abusive or okay the alcohol chain uh the mother's drinking Attempted abortion by different methods, such as surgical, douche, pressure, and exercise. Does, but wait, can you abort with a douche? I don't know. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I've heard of sterilization by douche. Huh. But not. Or, yeah. or exercise, actually. Or, or exercise, I, I don't know. Unless you're like deadlifting 400 pounds, that might cause issues. Maybe. But I don't know. There's a couple more chains. There's the hiccup chain. Which I, which I just think is funny. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that one. Yeah. And the crying chain. That's a sad one. Yeah. There's more, but you know, um, homeboy then drops a bomb. Okay. Cancer has reportedly been eradicated by auditing out conception and mitosis. <sighs> he does not expound. So mitosis is cells dividing, right? Mm-hmm. And he said conception and conception auditing conception so, and mitosis. So if you, <laughs> If you interview out your ability to procreate Mm -hmm. as well as the ability for your body to divide cells, Mm -hmm. which you shouldn't do that, (laughs) probably not, then you won't have cancer. You will eradicate cancer. For everyone? It will cure cancer Mm. is how I read that. Mm. I don't. (sighs) So, you know know what's funny? Yeah. Okay. We still have cancer. Yeah. It's still a thing. Uh, 70 years later. People in Scientology have cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I, th- name this, one. <laughs> uh, didn't Hubbard die of cancer? I don't know. 
he died of something like that. There was some incurable disease, huh. which he should have been able he to cure. I feel like, it. yeah. Um, so this this may sound crazy, yeah, and people are gonna fucking judge me, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like you really shouldn't claim to have a cure for cancer unless you have a cure for cancer. <laughs> now, what would make you say that? Well, how could you say something so brave? <laughs> I've never so incontroversial. (laughs) This is the first time I've ever heard of Scientologists claiming that cancer is not a big deal. Now, I said before, keep in mind, greater mysteries in healing. Right, right. That's but it's accepted as truth. This is this this is really bad because people, when they have cancer in different illnesses, they get really desperate and they're really scared. Would you say that they're searching for answers? Yes, they're looking for answers anything to hold yeah. on to like uh, like a cure yeah and if you dangle that in front of them yeah it's not even like <laughs> you know you know the funny part what you know who really generally doesn't have a lot of money uh people with severe illnesses yeah i don't know why that would be your target demographic uh maybe because uh, i mean there 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 is cases like where people do have a lot of money but the treatments just don't do anything so right, they have right. all this money. They're like, what can I buy to fix this? That's true. But I, 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 I mean, maybe I'm just projecting here, um, but I feel like I've been exposed to more of the opposite. People mm-hmm. who don't have money but need the treatment. He also reinforces again that you shouldn't audit the present life once the theta line is open because that's a much more productive route. Okay. So okay. he's just reinforcing his opinion. Chapter four, the genetic line. Here he corrects Darwin. Oh, no. <laughs> Okay, okay. He contends that evolution, biology, and cytology, the study of cells, is a contradictory mess filled with error and based in tar pits and ancient swamps. <sighs> He's talking about tar pits and ancient swamps. Is, is that literal or is that figurative? That, that is a direct quote. But like, but is he referring to the study, uh, like conventional science as bogs and stuff, as in like metaphorical let me let me double check. Or is he talking about that's where they're actually getting their science is swamps and bogs, and that's a bad thing? It sounds like he's metaphorically criticizing them for just being messy in their methodology. One should not think of evolution as this is page thirty-eight, uh, history of man, all Ron Hubbard. One should not think of evolution as a standard or precise theory. It is a sprawling and contradictory mass of poorly compiled data taken from ancient swamps and tar pits, and there are many schools of evolution. <laughs> okay, I'm really confused. So he calls the study of evolution a mess and contradictory, but then he says there's multiple schools of evolution. These are taught ununiformly in biology classes, biology based on cytology or the study of cells. Existing theory in cytology is quite contradictory to various tenets of evolution. In other words, the field is poorly integrated and badly understood and not overly gifted with data. What does he have examples of the contradictory uh, nature of it? Good one. Moving on. Okay. Does he have any degrees in science? He's a science fiction writer. Does he have any science degrees? Like, does he, did he go to school anywhere? I don't know. That's, you know what? That's a good question. Uh, he went to the George Washington University in 1930 to 1932. Criminal charges, petty theft in 1948. Cool. Fuck the police. (laughs) Um, he looks like a douchebag. Yep. Uh, education, George. Oh, he dropped out of George Washington (laughs) University. So there you go. Nice. So no, drop out. He, uh, he does not have a degree. However, if you, pr- if you apply the principles of Scientology to evolution, 
then it all becomes clear. <laughs> Wait, no, no. See, no, no. If you audit the evolutionary line, right, you get all the answers. But you, hmm. I, I don't like where it's like this. This system of you know whatever the the system of evolutionary study is deeply flawed and contradictory. Mm-hmm. But if you look through my magic glass, suddenly it's not. That's all Scientology is. Right. It's just look through this glass yeah. that I, this magic glass, and it'll all make sense. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so frustrating. You can audit the individual cell lines and find out what the organism was before it was in its current form. Cool. Yep. This is direct quote from my notes. I couldn't really understand what he said next, but he talked about the theta line being a combination of two lines that each form the left and right side of the brain, respectively. Okay. And that a perfect McPerson would be ambidextrous and use both sides equally. What, what does he mean equally? You wouldn't be right side or left side dominant. Oh, okay. 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 You would use a hundred percent of your brain. Although he doesn't, he doesn't say that. That was, but, but also like, I don't think people like that exist. People always have a dominant side. Right, but but uh, that's because things influence their their theta. Oh, okay, but I get a it. A perfect person. I get it. Okay, would, yeah. Mm, Jesus was probably th- that way. He doesn't say so, but probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also talks about a technique that could achieve this, but doesn't go into detail. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine watching Dragon Ball and King Kai <laughs> is like? There's this technique called the Spirit Bomb. It'll one hit KO any enemy you face, mm-hmm. and then Goku does some push ups and then leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be upset? <laughs> be like, why are you telling him that if you're not going to teach it to him? Yeah. He then goes on to say that the general American genetic entity, so yep. the genetic entity for any given American person, mm. uh, tends to follow the track of Western civilization more in common with Greece and Rome than with China and Persia. But like, I, so I'm not a scholar, but I, I've studied history a little bit. Yeah. Isn't that just true of the way people migrated like people started in mesopotamia or whatever some went east and some uh-huh. went west and eventually <laughs> the west became europe and then became america yeah generally speaking like there was trade between them and all that kind of stuff yeah, and, yeah. And, and obviously in the middle east the boundaries are a little more open but generally speaking because there's like huge mountain range right somewhere on one side of it somewhere on the other side. so this is not <laughs> He's not saying anything. Right, right. I, I, what, I, I, don't, I don't know what his point is in that. There's a paragraph that says to be careful because if you talk about how the genetic entity could have been a clam at one point, it can produce dramatic side effects. I'm going to skip a little in my notes here. We're going to do an experiment. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Imagine. Close your eyes. Okay, okay. No, no, open them. No, no, close them. <laughs> no, no, open them. That wasn't part of the experiment, but you do need to have them open. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Imagine a clam sitting on the beach. Opening and closing. Okay. Okay. Very rapidly. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. See that? Yeah. Very rapidly. All right. You looking? Yeah, I'm looking. Okay. Do you feel anything? I feel a slight breeze coming from the clam. Okay. The experiment failed. (laughs) So... I didn't really participate much. You did. I mean, like, I imagined a clam. Yep. Opening and closing rapidly. Yeah. You looked at my hand, which was opening and closing rapidly. Yeah. Okay. You, you don't feel anything. I felt a breeze. Okay. Um, <laughs> he says, quote, the victim may grip his jaws with his hand and feel quite upset. He may even have to have a few teeth pulled. 
At the very what? Le- at the very least, I'm, I'm going to go through this whole thing. And then you can comment. Okay. At the very least, he will argue as to whether or not the shell stays open or closed at the end, and he will, with no hint of the death aspect of it, talk about the poor clam and feel quite emotionally sad. It can produce dramatic side effects. One person, when told, couldn't open his jaw for three days, and another had to have two molars extracted because his jaw hurt so much after hearing about the clam. So do not be sadistic with your describing them to people, unless, of course, they belligerently claim that a man has no past memory for his evolution. In that case, describe away. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going crazy. You are. So, <laughs> so people are getting angry at this experiment? No. He's saying he's saying the nature of that experiment by talking about a clam and how you may, your past life may have been a clam and opening your hand and closing it right. rapidly okay. will cause someone to think back in their evolutionary chain to when they were a clam and cause severe pain in the jaw. Why? I don't know. <laughs> because they're, an answer. they're a clam opening and closing really fast? Yeah. Well, because they were a clam. It's an evolutionary memory. But how did... Because how did, human beings came from clams. Did we? He claims. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, I thought clams were their own thing. They are. Okay. But like, yeah, he, so so back in your evolutionary line, you were a clam. Okay. So talking about a clam instantly brings back the memory of being a clam and eventually dying. And, and that can cause severe pain in your jaw. Okay. To the point where you may have to have teeth pulled or not open your jaw for three days. That seems like psychosomatic pain, not real pain. It also seems like nonsense. Yeah. I just don't believe him. A I don't bit. believe that there was a person that he told when he told this. Had, couldn't open their mouth for three days. No, that didn't. That definitely I think didn't happen. Yeah, no. It's if you said cr- a crab, I would have probably believed you. Mm. But not clams. Mm. No, everything tends towards crab. Yeah, there's also that part that says like, hey, like this can cause physical harm. So like, don't just do it unless somebody doesn't believe you. In that case, screw them up. Right. Right. Uh, and I love that. So, chapter five: the theta being. This is the principal target of the auditor. Determining the theta being to a preclear is the best way to cure most things, to establish the preclear in who they are in the world and who they are to themselves. Okay. He goes on for the rest of the chapter about how your physical body is all anyone today, 70 years ago, uh, is worried about and how at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because your theta being is all that counts. I think. Okay. I read it four times. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, chapter six. Moving right along. Moving right along. Capabilities of the theta being. We don't know the full capabilities, but here's what we do know. Number one, a theta being produces a measurable electric current, enough to give somebody a very bad shock. No. Put his eyes out. What? <laughs> what? Or cut him in half. Wow! I'm reminded of the George Washington <laughs> giant spirit sword. Yeah. Get the guy! Ten show! Just cut <laughs> through a building. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's more of that. Um, a theta being can instill any emotional reaction into another being. So if you bully it enough, you can convince another theta to feel a certain thing. I mean, sure. That's the only believable. <laughs> <laughs> theta beings see things for what they really are. He, he then says, we're not going to call them theta beings anymore. Now we're going to refer to them as what we do, which is thetans. Okay. So thetans. So theta being thetans, same thing. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, they can communicate telepathically. And then in the same sentence, he says they can communicate telepathically such as lift things with their mind. Oh, no! <laughs> he, does, he does the thing. So, so oh, yeah. my God. So it's telepathy and telekinesis because he said they can use both. He's on the level of Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah, I know. This is bad. It's great. Um, they can travel at high speeds. They fight by throwing key blasts at each other. He didn't call it that. but <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, when they fight, but they're not 
easily provoked. So that's rare. So are we not in control of our Thetans? Ultimately, the goal is to make a preclear in control. But by by base inherent nature, no, we are not. It sounds so. What it sounds like to me is like a guy is just walking down the street with his Thetan on a leash, and yeah. then another person with their Thetan comes by. And then they start barking at each other and then start throwing key blasts at each other. Yeah, yes and no, because Thetans, it's very, very, very rare that they fight. Okay. Very rare. Okay. So, and, and remember, we did talk about before, the best place for your Thetan is just above and behind your head. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's not it's not in front of you on a leash, it's above and behind your head, like, a, like you're shoulder carrying it, like it's, a, like it's a little kid and it's just, you know. It's a dick move, though, for him to be throwing key blasts when he's using your head as a shield. Well, I mean, he's targeting the other Thetan. We, it doesn't. I, it doesn't say what accuracy they have. That's true. So it could just be hundred percent. I mean, and it know. could. It, I mean, it, the blast probably won't hurt your physical form. Right. Right. So, hurt your thetan. Yeah. Man, I got, yeah. I got a sore thetan today, man. I don't know what happened. Oh yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's that bitch, Carol, <laughs> down in Florida. Uh, a thetan can be crippled or dismembered, but to do so would require enough energy to destroy half a city. Half a city. Half a city. Very specific. It doesn't say what size the city. Right. Cities can range. Like, <laughs> I've lived in a city that was less than 5,000 people. Yeah. So, <laughs> half of that, yeah. not very important. You also currently live in one of the biggest cities in yes, the U.S. exactly. Yeah. Like, it, it, hmm. There's a range there. <laughs> um, but yeah, half a city. He ends this chapter by saying, we shouldn't provoke governments or... <sighs> I need to think about this. Okay. We shouldn't provoke governments or civilians just yet by knocking a hat off at 50 yards or reading a book in another country. It'll just make you famous, but it'll make it harder for anyone else to learn honestly. What the fuck was any of that? That's what I said multiple times. <laughs> can we go through it very slowly? Yes. The two thoughts in order are a Thetan can be crippled or dismembered, but yes. to do so would require enough energy to destroy half the I city. I totally got that. Yep. He then ends the chapter by saying we shouldn't provoke governments or civilians. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so there's a clear distinction there. So a a, a, a governing body. Right which is not an individual, but right. then he also includes just individual people. Right. Anyone. Shouldn't provoke anyone. Okay. So we'll just say anyone. So you shouldn't provoke anyone. Yep. Next. By knocking hats off at 50 yards. Why? <laughs> Why 50 yards? Because it's something you can do. I'd be fucking impressed if you could take someone's hat off at 50 yards. Yep. Or reading a book in another country, not another language. Right. Another country. So, so I, I think the hat thing means like you're just doing something to get on someone's nerves. You're starting shit. You're knocking their hat off. He means it literally. Like <laughs> literally using like you your are using energy to knock someone's hat off 50 yards away. And to remote view a book in another country. Correct. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. This, so, so if anything sounds like it's supposed to be literal. Right. It is. <laughs> okay okay i can only assume so i'm assuming him referring to evolutionary study as a swamp he's talking literally <laughs> well yes he was he, he didn't refer to evolution as a swamp he said they get their data from ancient swamps oh that's what i was asking about i thought i read meta- what he said i thought it was metaphorical though no, still by the end he was literal uh, he said it's a convoluted mess that comes from ancient swamps and tar pits that's so that's so low iq though yeah that's like, so what if it comes from a swamp? A swamp is a soup of all sorts of things. Yeah, so is America. <laughs> like, why Why is that a detriment? That's so weird. That's what I'm saying. He's like, ew, it's gross. You must be stupid for looking at shit in there. He 
describes something. Oh no, yeah, he he does say the word stupid later, um, but it's about nice. something completely different. I actually agree with him on that one. Okay. Um, chapter seven. We're we're almost done here. There's there's not too much more. Oh okay okay. Yeah. I was enjoying myself. The history of the Theta Line. Okay. If you follow the Theta Line all the way, the entire track seems to be about seventy trillion years. But the as far as we know, the universe is not that old. We're wrong. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Does he expound? No. The Thetan likes to accumulate facsimiles or photographs of theirs and other experiences on the Theta line. Okay. So the Thetan has these, he calls them facsimiles. He describes them to us. Yes. 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 (laughs) Scrapbook. It's a scrapbook of memories. Yeah. Um, These memories are also called incidents or facsimiles or photographs. Um, Some of them are good, some of them are bad, but the Theta likes to collect them. They're all of our cringe moments. <laughs> Basically, whenever you say you too to the waitress who says enjoy yeah, your food. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's yours and others. Okay. So it's not just your own theta being. It's any others as well that it comes across. It likes to collect those too. <laughs> okay. Part of auditing is unraveling an individual's facsimiles from others. From others. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if it says that here. I, I know it says it later. I don't remember if it's right here or not. But. Um, if you find, oh yeah, here it is. If you find a Thetan with another's facsimiles and identify them as such, they will cease to appear in the line because the Theta will realize that it's not his or theirs. <laughs> it's collecting it by mistake. Else. It, it's kind of like Sherlock Holmes where he has a limited amount of brain space. Right. So anything that shouldn't, that isn't relevant gets swept aside. Right. The Theta is very, very similar. It collects everything, but then once it realizes it's not relevant, it gets rid of it. Okay. Okay. That's the best way I can describe it, to my understanding. History is very simple. The Thetan will try to confuse themselves originally with all of the facts of everything everywhere, but all you have to do is untangle the individual line, and the rest, as they say, is history. It's just another way of phrasing it. Yeah, okay. The Theta will try to confuse everything and and get hung up on everything, but you just have to make redirect it and have it follow its own line. Thetan is fucking stupid. (laughs) Kind of, Yeah. (laughs) Chapter eight. Okay. Uh, Types of incidents on the Theta line. Here he elaborates a little, and I got a better understanding of what he's saying throughout the book. So an auditor can travel along the Theta line Mm -hmm. and focus on individual experiences as they come up. And these may be from his Thetan or from another. Either way, the better option is to skip all those incidents, go back to the beginning. Because remember, he said the further along you go, the easier it is and the more uh, elaborate, the the more uh, effective it is. Okay. So you skip all of those incidents, um, go back to the beginning and work forwards, targeting the most important ones that you identified on the way back. I I, I think of it as major and minor quest lines. Right. So you have you have like your storyline quest and then you have all your side quests. If you're just going, if you're starting at the present and going back, it's really hard to identify which is which. Okay. But then once you get back to the beginning, you have a clear picture of what you're looking at and you can go and just focus on the main story as you're coming back. Okay. You got the, the tutorial buddy who's like, all right, this is your what you're going to do. Yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah. Let's go. He also says one doesn't have to be a nuclear physicist to understand these incidents, but the incidents are actually in the realm of nuclear physics. The auditor <laughs> must know. And, and, well, from what he describes, he's kind of right. The auditor must know the following. Okay. One. Strong electrical currents. I'm sorry, this isn't one. This is just point. Okay. There's a gag here. Strong electrical currents produce magnetic fields. Okay. Two, in the vicinity of any strong current exists a force field. The stronger the current, the stronger the force field. Magnetic field? 
Force field. <laughs> okay. Three, certain waves pull back instead of push out. So there are, there are waves that you can, that, that can be created like a radio wave that pushes out and goes outward. Okay. Just so there are waves that can come in. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. Okay. <laughs> These are called reactors. Four, you can rig up posts with different fields. So posts with different currents, different fields. And if a thetan is in the center, you can batter it into unconsciousness. Jesus. Five, a field is not always visible. <laughs> I assumed it wasn't. It's like, it's like he's got four. It's, it's the not you, not you, not you, you, not you. Yeah. It's like four of those things are fine. And then he just throws one in the middle. That's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like in his free time, he's just assaulting yeah. random feet. Just like, yeah, magnets, force fields, currents. Um, you can like render your enemy unconscious. Um, also, you can't really see them. Can you imagine going down into this guy's basement and he has three posts set up that are all wired? I'm picturing the Shadow Temple from Ocarina of Time with the, with the skull lanterns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then there's just nothing else. And yeah. He's sitting there sweating bullets as the cop is checking it because yeah. he thinks he sees all the dead Thetans. And he's like, well. Hey, unconscious, not dead. Uh, okay. If he killed it, it would destroy half the city. <laughs> unconscious. Uh, electronics are, so here, here's the part where I kind of, I agree with him to a point, but not about this first statement. Right. So, electronics are evil and can be used to enslave society. Uh, but you're using electronics to do the thing. That's why people in sanatoriums are constantly babbling about electronics. Uh, he does. Are they? <laughs> I didn't realize that. No, I didn't either. He doesn't source it. Um, he does say, this is what I agree with, electroshock therapy in the 50s is barbaric and childish. Yes. Which back then was true. There is a point to it now in controlled Situation. Very low doses. Yes. But yes, in the 50s, it was horrible. Yeah. That's the only thing I agree with on, on <laughs> in this book. Which, like, of all the points, yeah. sure, that's fine. But man. He then defines a principle of Dianetics. Invalidation. And I love this definition of invalidation. Invalidation is any thought, emotion, effort, counterthought, counteremotion, or counter-effort, which denies or smothers the thought, emotion, or effort of the individual. Okay. A man is, this This statement just made me laugh. A man is invalidated by being struck by a car. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. So, so it's basically saying if something exists to oppose a thought, emotion, or counterthought, and it is strong enough, it will invalidate that thought, emotion, or counterthought. Right. I get it. That's get what it. he's saying. Okay. Uh, any force which a man cannot oppose invalidates him, <laughs> which is just another great sentence. It's really depressing. It is. Uh, you have to counter invalidate your preclear. That is to say, they have been invalidated and you have to counter that before you can leave them. That's what people are looking for is validation. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. That's what he's saying. <laughs> he's just, he's just saying it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make another King joke, but it could be in there. <laughs> Um, your preclear was basically good, happy, and ethical, uh, and aesthetic before the contagion of the universe got in him. Then still, a thetan wasn't very good, but he was trusting and ethical. Then he got a body and, well, now look at the world around you. It sounds like everything is set up to fail. Yes. Why? <laughs> I can only imagine that it's very similar to Chaos 3 where things tend towards degradation and, and simplicity. 
Um, but he's saying that you kind of start out that way because no, of the state of the when, universe. When you start out, you are good, happy, and ethical, and aesthetic. And then when the universe came... But you're born into the universe. It's always there. Your theta wasn't. Your theta has existed for 70 trillion years. But when you get your theta, then you're starting out with a bum theta. <laughs> I'm saying the beginning of your life. That's when you're starting out, right? The beginning of the, beginning of the GE, the genetic entity. Sure. Okay. That's uh, that. That's where I put the marker, and he's saying that he's. That's not the marker, though. <laughs> the marker I, is the beginning of time. I disagree. <laughs> but that's 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 the whole argument, though, right? Is yeah. In the beginning of time, before there was any influence, your theta was happy. It was good. It was aesthetically pleasing. It was aesthetically uh, pleasing. He says aesthetic, and I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> it was trim um, and fit, and it yeah, got lazy. It was ethical. Uh, but then once the universe started and things started corrupting, then the theta became less good. And then once it got a physical body in the form of man, it became evil all around. How does it have morals before humanity? Ethics, not morals. Uh, okay. Ethics. How, why? Uh, I don't have an answer for you. Uh, were they all hanging out together? I don't know. Man, Did they have a society like of a block parties? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't say. <laughs> For the history, the for the history of man, he sure doesn't talk about the history no, of man at all. No, not really. Yeah, except to say it's seventy trillion years old. Oh, he he does mention Homo sapiens at one point, and he also mentions another one that's like Homo, and then it starts with a Y. But I don't remember what it was. I didn't write it down because I didn't know what he was saying. Homo Yosemite. They had giant mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> what a great joke! <laughs> I'm proud of that one. That's a good one. Yeah, chapter nine, specific incidents on the theta line. So these are things that can occur in order of most likely to less likely. Okay. The idea of running incidents on the theta line is to separate the body from the thetan. Now, this is not nirvana. The techniques in mysticism are guaranteed to glue the thetan to the body as with iron bands. He says the author spent a lot of time in India studying mysticism and take it from him. It's nonsense. He didn't. He didn't do that. <laughs> well, he says the author. This is the only time he doesn't refer to himself as me. So, like, really, huh. I'm very curious if this is an editorial, maybe, or or something, because it's the only time in the book, in either book that I've read, that he refers to himself as the author. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Theta clearing is as simple as repairing a shoelace. I've never repaired a shoelace. <laughs> yeah. He says it's as simple as simple and practical as repairing a shoelace. Does he mean replacing one? No. He says repairing. Who repairs a shoe? Buy a new shoelace. Uh, coming out of the Depression era, I think you would just... You know like what? If, Fair enough. If your shoelace is fraying, you just snip the end and tape it up. I, I retract my criticism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, here are some incidents in order that the auditor will find them. Number one. No, not number one. Point. The jack-in-the-box. This is a method of trapping thetans. Okay. The body gives the thetan a facsimile of a box, and the thetan is stunned. He looks over the pictures and cannot look away. The preclear with this may be obsessed with boxes of cereal upon which are painted <laughs> other boxes of cereal and other boxes of cereal on those boxes. So the box of cereal that has like Captain Crunch pouring cereal out of a box yep. and on that box is another box of cereal. Yeah. The Thetan with the Jack in the Box syndrome would love that because yep. it loves boxes. Okay. Okay. I like this Thetan. Yeah. Uh, two, the obsession. This is an incident where the Thetan is convinced that they're on the verge of a breakthrough in one area that it stops them from progressing in any way. 
doesn't say. They, they, they sound, That's all I have. <laughs> they sound like they sound like they're toddlers. Yeah, like trying to learn shit. Yeah, but the rest of this talk doesn't sound like they're learning anything. Right. It's like the human being that's learning to use it. Right. Well, so yeah, so the 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 point is this is this is written to the auditor, right? This book is written to the auditor. This is describing what the auditor will find in a preclear. Mm-hmm. So they may find a preclear whose thetan is so obsessed with one thing that it can't grow anywhere else. So you have to guide it. Right. Okay. That's what it's saying. Uh, C, borrowing. Thetans can forcefully borrow facsimiles from other thetans. For- forcefully borrow. That's what it says. No comment. Nope. IV, nipping. <laughs> Thetans love to nip. What the fuck? They send out energy in two beams and slap the victim on the side of the head. This causes ringing in the ears. No. <laughs> it's tinnitus. Mm. Is it? Yeah. You sure you just didn't get bitch slapped by a thetan? Well, he does it to me a lot. It's getting pretty annoying, honestly. I mean, you know, thetans love nipping. I don't like that word. I don't either. Little E, blanketing. Basically smothering another thetan with your thetan. Um, it's called Vor. Well, it says this is strongest in sexual contact. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, I'm not going into that anymore. So you bang someone and then your thetans bang? No, your thetan like smothers theirs to, to the point where it's a detriment. Oh yeah. So you shouldn't have sex. You shouldn't do that. No, no, no. Not that you shouldn't have sex. Sex is fine. Um, but you should control your thetan. (laughs) Unless you're, unless, unless their thetans into that. Sir, control your thetan. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Zeta, the haver, H-A-L-V, like have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the processes thetans used on bodies was the half light, half black gun. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Which shoots a wave. Half of this hits the right side of the body and half of it hits the left side with light and dark respectively. Okay. <laughs> this split the body into two beings. This is what happened to religious people. It is why <laughs> it is why they believe in good and evil, devil and god. All right, they got shot with a with a magic gun. Yep. Okay. Again, that sounds totally metaphorical to me. Yeah. I don't even know anymore. Uh now we're on point G, which is Cyrillic G. Facsimile 1. Uh I read this four times and I have no idea what it says. Cool. Yep. Also, there's a lot more of these, so I'm giving up on my punny punny list. I don't know if you could tell, but each point was in a different format. Oh, I it didn't. Was like point, and then two, and then C, and then IV, and then little E. I'm sorry, I didn't notice. Yeah, it's okay. That's why I'm explaining. I figured that it was just written fucking weird in the book that way. So. No. I mean, it could have been, but no. Uh, now we have before Earth, which is basically a person has to comes with the terms, come to terms with their time before Earth existed. Uh, you got to come to terms with it. The joiner. We don't know a lot about the joiner. The ice cube. (laughs) We know he joined. That's where our information ends. (laughs) Uh, The ice cube straight out of Compton. No, a being is packed in ice and taken to a new area, I guess. What? That's what it said. (laughs) Okay. Between lives. This is the space between death and birth. Okay. Uh, The thetan has to report to a specific place. For most of it, it is Mars. Wow. Okay. But for some women, it's elsewhere. Let me guess. Doesn't say. Venus. It doesn't say, but, you know, I'm assuming. 
How, I mean, that's a really old expression. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fucking insane. You just, you took this little limerick and it was like, I can use this. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The Emanator, which is just a, <laughs> just a great name. Just a great name. The Emanator is a field that tricks pre-clears in the between lives stage. That's a giant field that can cause uh, thetans to gravitate towards that field and not towards where they're supposed to report, i.e. Mars or somewhere else. And when they're caught in that field, they're essentially in purgatory because they're not progressing. Okay. Is it like a big tailgate barbecue or what's this field? It's it's the emanator. It is... uh, Yeah, no, it doesn't describe it. Just it's a, it's, <laughs> oh my a, God. it's a field that has something that thetans emanate, thetans gravitate towards. When a thetan is caught in this field, it still like birth still happens, right? But it hasn't reported, so it can't get sent back. So this creates what's called a double body, where okay. you have you like your thetan exists in a body on Earth, and it exists in this field, and that's Damn. confusing and bad. That uh, well, yeah, obviously, that's called the double body. What if uh, in the field, it's just a guy fixing his car, so all the other Thetans wander over there like men tend to do? Oh, yeah, and they're just like, oh, yeah, it looks like it could be the carburetor. No, this isn't a car. doesn't even have a carburetor. Yeah. <laughs> or it's just a campfire, and then all the all the Thetans just have acoustic guitars, so they naturally gravitate. <laughs> <laughs> that is purgatory. It's fucking hell. Oh, uh, man, I've been there. It was great. Yeah. Usually because I brought the guitar, but I knew there was somebody else there who could like really play, yeah. so I gave it to them. Patients experiencing this usually wake up with the feeling that they just had the secret of the universe unveiled, but they can't recall it. There are theta traps, which I wrote not gay and then moved on. (laughs) I can't say that anymore, though. Traps aren't gay? People, uh, yeah, people get mad if you say trap. Oh, well, I mean, get mad at L. Ron Hubbard. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The bodybuilder, which is a thetan who gets theoretically jacked. I don't know what that means. Is that what it says? Not word for word, but yeah. The Thetan gets jacked. Yeah. It's not about the, it's not about the pre-clear, like the physical person getting jacked. Yeah. It's the Thetan. So you could, you could just be born with a jacked Thetan. Yeah. And that's also a bad thing because it means you, you've, your Thetan has focused on one thing to the detriment of others. Okay. The, the, the whole concept of you being responsible sh- for shit that's before you are born is fucking with me. You have to deal with it. Yeah. But like. But that's the point is they, they can help you fix it. I know, I get it. It's they're, just they're creating a problem and providing you the solution. <laughs> that, that, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're they're saying here's the solution for a problem that doesn't exist, but it does because we said so. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it, the whole thing is scummy. Yeah. Except we're coming up to my favorite ones now. Okay, these okay. are my favorites. Um, this next one is my favorite. It's the Jiggler, <laughs> <laughs> the Juggalo. No, no. See, this is a thetan that was placed over a post and moved up and down rapidly for a long time. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Uh, then there's the whirler, which is... Oh, my God. I love the whirler. It's the same thing, but sideways. So a jiggler's <laughs> up and down, a whirler is sideways. On a post. Yeah. Uh, then there's the bouncer, which is the jiggler 2.0. Oh and God. the spinner, which is the whirler 2.0. <laughs> um, there's the rocker, which is a thetan being swung left and right slowly and quietly. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I don't either. The box. That's why I'm just going through these because yeah. I, I don't have any answers to any of this. The boxer, which makes the thetan a stimulus response mechanism. Basically, you're training it to react without thinking. So it's okay. just it's just conditioning. 
Um, the Faller, which has a fear of falling, I guess. Um, they're dropped again and again. <laughs> That's abuse. That's the abuse. Yeah, it is. And then uh, the education, which is rote memorization over actual learning a thing, which is right. exemplified in most universities today, according to him. Yeah, you can recite shit good. Yeah. Uh, then there's the fly trap. This is what religious indoctrination does to Ethan. They beat and berate it until it conforms. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. It say that one again. The fly trap is what religious indoctrination does to Ethan. It's where you uh, berate and beat a person down until they believe your way. That sounds really familiar. It's almost like what he described at the beginning of the book when yeah. he said you should go back and reread it if you don't agree. Yeah, where it's like if you're if you're not saying what I want you to say, then we're gonna make you feel bad and do it again funny ain't it <laughs> it is funny he's basically he's using verbiage to describe a cult that describes his cult yes exactly yeah uh chapter 10 this chapter is really short and just lists more things that can happen to thetan great chapter 11 this book should be called like your thetan and you like yeah <laughs> what what can happen to your thetan chapter 11 the transfer this is the last chapter <gasps> okay this is the most important phase of technique 88 Okay. Which again, we're going to read at the end. Sure. It is a circumstance. This is the action of going into the body. You have to find the thetan and bring it to the optimal position. Oh my God. Yep. This is how you separate the thetan from the body. There are different kinds of transfers based on where the thetan is and where you're moving it to. You have to find the thetan, convince it that it needs to move, and then help it along the way. I think. Okay. That That's it. Cool. That's the last chapter. Uh, And then last but not least, what is Technique 88? We've heard a lot about it, and he claims that it's how this all works. Um, We're going to go through a step-by-step breakdown. Awesome. I'm ready. Step-by-step breakdown of Technique 88. If you do this for an hour a day, you will experience true freedom. Symbological processing on current life until pre-clear is well in present time. Was that English? Return pre-clear to incidents where the thetan can be located as outside and in good control of the body. And run such incidents in uh, to orient preclear. These all sound like they're grammatically incorrect. <laughs> well, they are. They're more bullet points and sentences. Oh, okay, okay. In absence of an outside thetan, audit preclear through failures to control self. Use an e-meter to locate youngest entity, and audit its effort to control body. Then audit any transfer you can find. Then audit blanketings until preclear finds thetan is without a body. My co-host just yawned, and that's about where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> Where Thetan is outside, where he belongs, audit preclear in current life through any and all DEDs and DEDXs and degraders. We didn't talk about those. Yeah. Um, I don't know what DEDs are, but degraders are basically things. They're, they're almost like in invalidations. Um, right. But they're, mm-hmm. they're just things that degrade your Thetan. Audit all present life transfers of the Thetan, all switch and control transfers that can be found. So there's different types of transfers. Okay. Run off all incidents in present life where Thetan and body create boil off. Uh, don't be surprised at Thetan visios. You're auditing theta, not missed, per, uh, not MEST perception. Um, anytime I said body, he called it MEST body, but it's basically the genetic entity. Okay. Okay. Uh, does any of this make any sense? No, it's, it's fucking bizarre. It's, yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever seen, there, there was a video done as a joke but it was a man trying to explain a very complicated machine mm-hmm. and he he just rattles off all of this stuff. And if you're not paying attention, it just sounds like someone explaining a very technical piece of equipment. Yeah. But if you listen to it, 
He's making up everything he's saying. <laughs> and that's what this is. Like, if you're half paying attention, you feel like you've read something technical. Right. But I'm trying to parse the words and it, it's just weird. It's, it's, really it's fucking also weird. interesting. Like, I'm not going to go through the rest of this. Right. Um, that's just like a sample of it. But it, it's interesting because everything he says, he says, if you practice this te- technique for an hour a day, you will experience true freedom. But the technique itself is all about targeting a preclear. Right. As an auditor. It's, it's, it's not for one to do on themselves. Cause yeah. nowhere in the book does he talk about being able to uh, audit yourself. Right. Okay. And, and I don't know if that, like there's other books. I don't know if he talks about it in there at all, but in Scientology, the book and in a history of man, at no point does he say that you can audit yourself. He just says to practice this, and you will be free, but it's something that you have to practice on another person. So is it, is it the act of freeing them makes you free? And it like, kind of like a, uh, the reward of giving is its own gratification, like that kind of thing. I, I don't know. I, I don't I'm have very, any, it's, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't. So, so Scientology, the book made me angry. Yeah. This book just made me confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's the end of the book. That's all that I have to say about it, except um, the level of arrogance between these two books has not diminished. Right. Absolutely. The burden of the burden of understanding is still on the reader. We said that in the beginning of both of them. But at least in Scientology, he made an effort to be understood in a way. Because mm-hmm. like he, he, he said, if you don't understand it, you need to go back and reread it. But he defined things in the actual book aside from the appendices. Right. And he laid, he laid the ground down. This book is allegedly the next step. There's a couple of books in between, but, um, but this book doesn't explain anything. Right. It it, it really doesn't. It talks about a technique that you can use and a tool that you can use and then talks about what you may experience, but it doesn't say how you'll experience them. It doesn't say what that actually, like what any of it means. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What does it mean when my Thetan's on a post and bounced around? Is it, (laughs) is it literal or is it figurative? I I have no idea. (laughs) It's so confusing. Right. And he, he uses dictionary words because there's no other words to describe what he wants to say because what he wants to say hasn't been said before because it's garbage. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think in the first book, at least I don't remember there being sentences that I just wholly did not understand. Yeah. No, no, there, there really were. There were things that I had to read a few times Yeah, um, to just get what he was trying to say with those sentences, but everything in the, in, in the end made sense with what he was trying to say. Yeah. This, there were, there was like two whole chapters that I read and multiple times yeah. and had no idea what he was trying to say to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. I like to think I'm smart <laughs> and, and, and I don't see how this could be accessible for the average person. Right. For the majority of people. I, I don't, I don't see anyone who actually understands the English language. I mean, I don't know if they've been translated <laughs> or not, but I don't think so. He was an American. He was, he was, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't see anyone who can actually understand the English language getting actually anything out of this book. I, I said in the last one that I tried to pull something from a book that I can use. The only thing I was able to agree with in this is electroshock therapy is bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, but like even, even the Scientology book had a point in saying like it was too, 
uh, better the Earth to not use the A-bomb and to uh, uh, help man be more ethical. Right. Mm-hmm. This just wasn't. Mm-hmm. This didn't have a point to me, except to sell me more of his stuff. Anything that wants you to buy in, uh, red flags to me immediately are uh, when they when they when they start like tearing down other established systems. Yeah. Um, like evolution. Yeah, and it's like not he even does with evolution. It's I mean. not even specific. I just don't like that attitude. I don't yeah. like like yeah. no. Just build your own thing. Don't tear down other people's things. It's like to pop uh, it's yours like political up. campaigns. Yeah, it's just it's bad faith. Yeah, and it's like you know if your system is so great, then just present it, and I will agree with you if it is right. You don't have to attack other things, right? And uh, and it is also very obnoxious when your criticism contradicts either what you're teaching or it just contradicts the the statement you just made. Right. Like it's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean his whole his whole thing is the world is broken and Scientology is the lens through which we can fix it. Mm-hmm. But he never tells us how. Right. Right. So far. Again, haven't read everything. I hope I don't ever end up reading all of it. <laughs> I have a feeling I will just because I'm curious, but I really want you to read the one that talks about aliens. Yeah, I, so the next one I found is a whole book of techniques. Techniques, okay. So yeah, okay. It's, it's called Scientology 8 through 80, I think. Um, and it is it's the it is the next book in the series right? Um, after this one. So there's Technique 88, which is what he's talking about here. The next book talks about all of the other techniques that exist. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll see if it's even a good fit for the show. Right, it, it might. Because if it's just more nonsense, I, I don't know. It's a list of things that are not explained, so what are we going to talk about? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> So at the end of every episode of the show, the person who read the book must give the book a rating. We have a rating system that consists of five separate levels. At the very lowest and most, uh, the fucking worst level. (laughs) Nice. The lowest level. I I should have just said lowest level. That's that's good enough. You you continued. The lowest level (laughs) is. You yes-anded yourself. (laughs) And it didn't have anywhere to go. Toilet paper. The book is maybe worth the material it's printed on, or maybe not even that. Uh, the second level, shampoo bottle. Uh, it's something next to nothing, but it's still something to read. Uh, number three is IKEA manual, competently written but not necessarily entertaining or educational. And the fourth level is Kindle Pick, uh, worth buying electronically and/or discounted, possibly at a used bookstore. We get a lot of our books there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the highest level, we can award a book is hardcover, instant classic. We recommend you buy the book. So, conductor, you have conducted yourself very well oh, through you. this recording. Uh, what would your Thetan give this book? So, this one, I have it in hardcover. <laughs> I bought it at a used bookstore. Right. But I wouldn't even wipe my butt with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I think I gave Scientology a shampoo bottle. I don't remember, but I it's think very possible. I did because the core principle of it was fine. Right. But this doesn't even get that benefit. Yeah. There's really nothing. There here. is nothing in this book. Right. It is a book 
of drivel and nonsense. It is not coherent. It doesn't make any sense. The words that he uses are English, but there's there are all kinds of grammatical mistakes. Mm-hmm, Aside mm-hmm. from like like the list that I was reading you was it wasn't phrased as paragraphs. It wasn't sentences. It was bullet points. Yeah. Um, but in the actual book, there's things like he uses wrong tenses of verbs. <laughs> uh, he uses nouns when he means other things. Like yeah, it, 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 it's so bad. So the telepathy thing. The telepathy thing. Um, it. it I, I hated it. I hated it. I'm <laughs> I'm going to read the next one because I'm morbidly. It's like a car accident. I can't look away. Yeah. <laughs> I know it exists, so I have to watch it. Um, the first one was a car accident, but you know that there is a bus full of people just beyond that fog and the yeah. guy's not breaking. Yeah. So you're like, I have to stick around. God, God damn it. This is, this is that video that was on like I-86 three weeks ago uh-huh, uh-huh. where cars just kept piling up. Fucking and piling idiots. Up. Hashtag fiend, hashtag Bobo lives. And also I'm going to add hashtag jiggler. <laughs> hashtag jiggler, hashtag theta reticuli. I had that bouncing in my brain the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put uh, Mr. Ethan Hunt back on our shelf. We we kind of forgot about our shelf. We haven't added to it in a, in a hot minute. We actually no. took s- stuff away from it. Yeah, we did. Um, I mean, I haven't really had inspiration to add anything lately. No, no, no. And and things we did. Like, I would add something from this episode, but we already have Mutt. Yeah. Who isn't Scientology specific. No, but I but mean. But he kind of represents the woo-woo. Yeah. And I mean, well, that was the 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 motivation for Ethan Hunt. Oh, that's right. No, Tom you're totally Cruise. right. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Sign, yeah. Um, so, like, we have we have inspiration for that already. Maybe we get, like, a, uh, like a something to go with him, like a car or something. The car? <laughs> I don't know. Something Tom Cruise drives in one of the movies. Uh, I'm going to go buy know. an Aston Martin. I, I, the only thing the I can. chain right there. The only thing I really want to add to the shelf right now is a unicorn because I feel like that had a real impact that we didn't. It did. We remember it. And yeah. we, we talk about it jokingly more lovingly than any of the other movies. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think we realized at the time how, yeah. how important that part was. Yeah. But, hey, if you want to send yeah. us a unicorn, hit us up. Yeah, sure. All right, people, here's the dizzy deal. We got a Patreon, motherfucker. We've got shit on there for y'all. We got bonus episodes. Some of them are three fucking hours long. We got movie commentaries. Last one we did. What was the last one we did? Last movie commentary? Yeah. I believe it was Predator. We did the Predator, y'all. It was funny as fuck. We also got footnotes of like extra long takeouts, boy. We also got... What else we got? We got early release. Extra we, long outtakes, not takeouts. <laughs> we, got, we got extra long outtakes, so we call footnotes because they're they're way too fucking long to put in outtakes. So we have to make a footnotes, right? So check that shit out. We have socials. Uh, we got an Instagram slash a page too far. Twitter at a page too far. We have a YouTube channel, which doesn't have a direct link yet, but we're working on it. Um, you just search nine subs to go. We're just uh, just search a page too far on YouTube. Uh, if that's more accessible for you, great. We have uh, like we get comments now. Like I we do s- not on a regular basis. No, but, like, but on enough semi- of a basis that it's it's not like oh wow a comment anymore. Now yeah. it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's like, oh, cool, let's see that. So, anyways. Even though that guy was wrong. <laughs> you know who you are. You haven't responded yet. <laughs> fucking cut that out. I asked you a question, and your response was, okay, I'll get back to you, and you never did. I'm calling you out. What did we do wrong? All right, all right you heard it here. Um, write to us at a page too far uh, at, 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 at,
<laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I'm going to put my ATAT on this shelf. You here. should, uh, you should print out a sticker of our logo and put it on the side of your ATAT. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Also, I'm holding my mic now like someone who's never held a mic. Yeah. What? <laughs> you, you went from somebody who holds a mic too much yeah. to somebody who's never held one it's before. It's like in my two fingertips. Um, Theoretically, we started streaming a game too far on Twitch. Yeah, we tried, and then we didn't. But tomorrow, we're going to try again. I was really tired, <laughs> so we're going to try again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm streaming myself. Come check that out. Yeah. That's um, a different handle. If, if you want to find it, hit me up. Let me know. We'll see you there. Bye.